Welcome to the Beautiful Project podcast, a space for women to share the extraordinary truths they know about their bodies and their ambitions and all of the parts they believe to be too big in a world that would prefer they shrink. These women are the change makers. If I can do anything, I want to be able to inspire people to just be their best. They are a voice of kindness. What I know is that you can give yourself love right now and that you're deserving of that love right now. They are a creative force unlike any other, helping all of us to see that the path to freedom can be found together. Now, it's not only just a movement, it's really become this collective. These are the voices in our chorus of courage. It doesn't matter how many doors close in your face, you just go back and you open them again. Go make something that you love making. And just, you know, just go ahead and do it. So let's listen in as they sing. Hello, friends. This is uh, the first interview. I'm sitting down for the first interview. I don't know that it will be published first, but this is the first conversation that I'm having for season three, The Mamas and the Makers. It's a season that is entirely dedicated to the creative force of women in the world as an invitation to take up space. So often we hear that invitation um, and translate it to just mean uh, something about our bodies, but really it starts in our bodies and it moves out from there. And this season is dedicated to the way that women do that as creative forces. So welcome to season three and to the first interview that I'm having. This is Haley DeGrieve, and I actually have never had a full conversation with Haley. Um, this will mark the very first full conversation with Haley. We've exchanged like four Facebook messages, um, but the reason she is sitting across the mic from me today is because I took notice of the work she's been doing. Um, well, I've noticed it for the last, probably the last year, but I'm not sure if that is the extent of the work. I'm sure it's not. Often what happens for creative work is that we do all this stuff behind the scenes and then eventually it starts to get sort of a stage. So I would assume that that's true for Haley. Um, but I just uh, took notice of the way that she was taking up space in her world, and I wanted her to tell you that story. So welcome to the microphone, Haley. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. So I'm going to start this season by asking everyone if there is a particular creator that you idolize or aspire to model. So that's somebody who's out in the world making things, and you're like, God, I love that person's voice. I love what they're about. I want to do something like that in the world. Do you have a person that you kind of look to as a muse that way? Yes, I do. And this might come as a surprise to a lot of people, but I really look up to Demi Lovato. Oh, she cool. is someone who, growing up, she was always kind of a role model for me just when she was on Disney Channel. And a lot of people wouldn't think of her really in that way as a role model and someone who's taking up space in the world, but she uses her voice in such a beautiful way. I mean, just not even in her music, um, mm -hmm. but she really tells a story mm -hmm. and she uses music to bring this message of not even just hope to the world, but just the idea that it's okay not to be okay. And I remember being in middle school and she came out with this documentary and it was right after she had gone to rehab mm -hmm. and it was called Staying Strong. And I remember it was the first time that I had ever seen a musician speak out so openly mm -hmm. about struggling with mental illness and struggling with 
um, you know, just being abused as a child and all these things in the honest conversation that she was having made me think about the way that we view mental illness so differently. Mm -hmm. And she used it in such a creative way. The song Skyscraper, that was her comeback song. Uh, there's actually proof that it did help decrease suicide in America. And to me, it was just really cool that she used that ability um, of music to bring that to people and to give people this hope. And it just, it really inspired me because, awesome. you know, and she's, she's a woman, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the spotlight and she's had a lot of mm -hmm. body image issues because of that. And it just, it was so cool to me to see her just really stand up and encourage other people to use their voice in the same way. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's in a particular position because there is, um, I think as, as the spotlight increases, the mm -hmm. pressure to be uh, a part of the culture increases, obviously, right? So uh, when the spotlight is that hot on you to come out and just go, fuck this, like, I'm not yes. doing it this way, you know? Uh, I, I agree. I think she's been an extraordinarily strong voice for mm -hmm. women, for women in their bodies, for women in recovery. You know, I feel like I don't pay super close attention to pop, pop culture, but I do feel like, didn't she get some, like, criticism? Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly about her body. Was there, I feel like she spoke out and she was like, really? I mean, mm -hmm. I've survived all of this and that's what that's what our focus is now? Yeah. It's oh, going to circle yeah. back to my body? Well, she had posted an Instagram picture and it's I think it's one of her most liked pictures now and it was completely unedited and uh, just, she kind of just put everything out there and she was like, you know, I... I don't care anymore. She literally said cellulite instead of cellulite. And I thought nice. that was super cool. Yeah. Um, and she just spoke very openly about, you know, I'm, I criticize myself for my own body and I'm not going to lie. I've put pictures out there that have been edited because yep. that's what I feel like society tells me to do. And it was really cool to see her kind of post this picture and say, you know, this is fully unedited. This is me. This is everything that I am. And if you don't like it, then you can screw off. So it was kind of cool because, you know, being a young person, especially a young woman today, growing up with social media, mm -hmm. you know, there's this image that you're supposed to look like, what you're supposed to talk like, who you're supposed to be. And I think we get so wrapped up in that sometimes when you get on social media and you see these beautiful pictures of all these women and, you know, they have abs and I'm like, oh, you know, I don't have that. I've never had that. And mm -hmm. I don't know if I want that, you know? So it just, it's really cool to see someone with such a big following and so many people who really look up to her to just stand up and say, this is not who I want to be, to yeah. kind of step out, yeah, be set apart for that. So it's really cool to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Tell me, do you, so do you consider yourself a creative person? I do. Um, growing up, I, I definitely think I'm more of a creative person than anyone who's analytical or anything like that. Just because growing up, I've always had this love for music and art. And my parents will be the first to tell you that when I was little, I was just an entertainer from the start. Like I would put a Hannah Montana wig on and perform nice. for my entire family on Thanksgiving. <laughs> like that was just, I had no shame. I still really don't. I just love to sing. I love to dance. I love to make people happy and, and feel happy in the process. And I've never really understood what that was about. I think just recently I had this realization that I was just thinking to myself, you know, I have this inner kind of tug going on inside me. Um, and I, I think that's just the creative force sometimes that when mm. you're not doing things that aren't 
feeding really your soul or bringing out that creative energy, you feel that tug. It's almost like you're at war with yourself because you realize you're not in the space where you need to be. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you know, and so I I realized that even just in college, you know, I just thought to myself, initially, I I went to college to be in management. And right away, I was like, this is not for me. I do not like stats. I don't like accounting. Um, I'll deal with it. But that's just, it's not creative enough for me. So I ended up going more of a communications marketing route where I can use my creative energy in that way Mm -hmm. to stay kind of in the business realm, but make it more creative and think about, you know, okay, what is this ad really saying? Instead of you know, what people might think initially, what's the underlying creative tone that's going on there. So I always felt this this pull, you yeah. know, to, to do something greater with my life and to use that creative energy. So I definitely think I am. I yeah. think I've always been. That's good because I meet a lot of uh, creatives who, um, similar to the way that we do comparison with our body, and we go, mm-hmm. well, I'm not that, so then I'm not, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of people who will say, well, I'm not published, so I'm not a writer, or I don't know how to draw or m- uh, make things in the way that they've decided is creative. So, but I, I really believe that this um, that there's this truth to the idea that women are a creative force, period. Yes. Whether you know how to sing or write or draw, you know how to make things, you know, mm-hmm. we make people and movements and we make change, we make lives. I just think that there's so much power then in speaking to that truth that, mm-hmm. no, I do know how to make things. And and then when I'm not doing it, I feel like I'm not all of me, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, absolutely. And I just, going off of that too, I think mm-hmm. that it's so cool when you find the day where you just wake up and you realize I can do what I want with my life yeah. in that I decide who I want to be and what kind of force I want to put out into the world. Because even just with social media today, I mean, the things that you can put out there can either be good or bad. Yep. And you really decide that at the end, end of the day. So it's it's really cool that you can use sometimes who you are to just create that creative force in your life. And you don't have to lean on anyone else. It can strictly be from you. Yep. That's awesome. So... Um, that's a great segue to talk to the people about what it is uh, that you've created. And um, I did actually get to hear you sing a couple weeks ago. Yes. You guys, yes. this woman has pipes. It was amazing. She sang uh, Shallow in the Shallow. What's it called? It's shallow. Shallow, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and it was um, kind of done in this like comedic uh, back and forth. So mm-hmm. she was doing it with a guy who was really... He did not have an equal set of pipes, but he was funny. So I thought it was like a comedy routine. And then it came time for that part where Lady Gaga like belts it and Haley nailed it. I just, my jaw dropped. I was like, that was amazing. So A, I had no idea that she could sing like that. She can sing. But B, uh, that is not why I invited her to the mic, although I'd be happy to have her sing anytime. Um, I invited her to the mic to talk about the gray matters and... I am not going to introduce the concept. I'm going to give it to her to introduce. So Haley, if you would share with the audience the origin story of, well, first maybe what the gray matters is mm-hmm. and then the the origin story of how it came to be. Oh, absolutely. This is one of my favorite things to talk about because so many people ask me about it and it just it just lights me up. You know, I just I found something that is feeding me creatively mm-hmm. and oh, it just is great. So the gray matters is a movement that I started at Augustana really around a year ago. Mm -hmm. uh, It was around this time that we were starting to plan for all of this to happen. And, you know, now it's not only just a movement, it's really become this collective of people who are standing up to fight against the stigma of mental illness and also just bring awareness to the cause and and work together to stop suicide because suicide is something that not a lot of people like to talk about. 
But the gray matters kind of takes an approach, whereas to we need to talk about this. And it needs to be talked about just casually in conversations, because the more we do that, the more that people will be able to speak up about it. And so just last year, I had this idea at school, um, mainly because I love Augustana College. And being there, I, I saw a lot of the students struggling themselves mentally, emotionally, and a lot of talk of students being frustrated with counseling services just because we don't have enough funding to really get another counselor on campus. Right now, I think we have three, and last year we had like two and a half because one of them was trying to retire, and mm -hmm. so he was kind of already moving on by then. And a lot of students were frustrated because they were on this wait list for months, you know, and, and people who don't live in the Quad Cities, they don't really understand the availability in the Quad Cities itself. They don't, some of them don't have cars. They don't know how to get to and from. Mm -hmm. So it was a challenge for me. And at the time I was a senator in student government and I was listening to a lot of the complaints and I had gone to administration about it. And a lot of it was, you know, just these different issues that were coming up as to, you know, we don't have funding for it or we can't find anyone that's really, you know, passionate about this or, or all kinds of things that were going on. So I wanted to really take it upon myself, uh, just because I heard this quote by St. Teresa of Calcutta that really just kind of made me realize that I need to do something. It said, don't wait for leaders, do it alone person to person. Mm. And for me, I just thought, you know, I don't like to consider myself really this leader, because I think when you put that leadership title on people, it really puts them under this unfair spotlight, I think, at times. And yes. so I kind of rallied the people and I sat down with one of my friends who's a photographer and I just said, I have this idea and I would love to create a poster campaign and give people the opportunity to really use their voice for this issue, not even just to administration, but to the students to show them that A, you're not alone and B, that you do have a voice and you can use it. And mm -hmm. when you do use it, you create ripples and waves that really sometimes can't be stopped. So we worked together, Kevin and I, who um, is the photographer who's behind all of this. He does an incredible job, like Beautiful. literally told him. I mean, amazing. Yes. He's super talented. He's so talented. And he just gives so much of his time to this. And he really enjoys it as well. So we worked together and it was literally a matter of five weeks last January. We just kind of pulled this all together and uh, got 60 students on board with us really quick. And then we had this poster launch campaign event that I didn't think a lot of people were going to show up to. I think we had 150 chairs and the room ended up overflowing and mm -hmm. it was in the middle of an ice storm. We had students walking in the middle of an ice storm to this event and all the media outlets were there and it was just incredible. I mean, I think there was at one point there wasn't a dry eye in the room because people just realized that they needed kind of to be there. They needed to have this recognition that I'm not okay, and maybe I need to get help. Mm -hmm. And then there was also this recognition of people realizing that this is a real issue on campus, and we need to be talking about it more. So it really just created this wave, and it just hasn't stopped. I mean, this year we have over 150 representatives who come to our meetings, and they learn about how to talk about suicide. They learn how to help people. We give people the tools and the knowledge to really be the boots on the ground and go out on campus and bring mm -hmm. hope to people. So we do that behind the scenes, and then we have these big events where we give students the opportunity to share their story and bring community members in. Uh, we've had Kevin Atwood from Foster's Voice. He comes mm -hmm. and speaks uh, all the time, 
And it just really is a cool thing because we've seen such a change on campus. We've seen administrators talking about mental health more. We've seen students talking about it more, and they love it. They love to be part of the Gray Matters because not only is it just this artistic movement, but it, it gives people this voice that mm -hmm. I think they've been longing for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And when they see the posters on campus, people love it. They love to post on social media with their pictures and to really share their story in a very unique way. And, and it's just really cool that, that me and Kevin and everyone who's involved can give people this, this new platform to yeah. really speak from. It, it just really hits me deep because there's this quote, uh, that actually I've learned through Foster's Voice is that we rise by lifting others. Yep. And for me, when when I'm lifting others up in this platform, I learn so much more about myself and I help myself in the process. So really, it's kind of a selfish thing, but at the same time, it it just has brought me so much joy. And I think hopefully it's doing that for other people oh, as well. It sounds like it for sure is. I have like 19 things I want to say about all of those things. See, this is where I should have like a place for notes. So the first thing I want to say, the first thing that hit me was you talked about before you hosted the first event mm -hmm. and believing that nobody would show up. Mm -hmm. I want to hone in on that because I think that so often we have these, it, this inspiration comes to us to do something or make something or be something. And one of the first things we think is, what if nobody comes? Mm -hmm. What if it matters to nobody but me? When um, when I launched the beautiful project almost two years ago, I had done all the work on the website. It's the night before launch. And I said to my wife, uh, I asked her, uh, what if nobody cares? I don't want to do it. What if nobody cares? And she said, does it matter to you? Does mm -hmm. it matter to you that you make it? And um, and then as it turns out, when the answer to that is yes, generally other people care, right? Yes. If you're listening to that, that thing inside of you, that internal discernment. So um, do you have any words of like advice or wisdom for folks in the audience who are going, well, I do want to write that blog, start that thing. Uh, but they're going, what if, what if it doesn't matter to anybody? What if nobody shows up? Yeah, that was a huge concern for me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But I... I had this realization, and I, I feel that this was put on my heart by something or someone that uh, I heard the starfish story when yeah. I was at this church service, and it's really about, at the end of the day, it's about making a difference to one person. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in the popularity of things, the numbers, and you know, if you're having that encouragement or that tug on your heart or that spark to really do something creatively, just don't be afraid to do it because it will make a difference to one person. Mm -hmm. Someone will find it. And they, you know, whether they reach out to you or not, sometimes you don't get to see mm -hmm. the beautiful things that happen from the creative work that you do. But someone will see it and someone will recognize that not only are you making a difference, but you're having the courage to speak out and to have the trust that people are just going to accept what you're putting out because right. it's not always like that. But I think that sometimes the world needs that. The world needs this creative power because, you know, sometimes our world can be so negative and to have this positive force of people just coming together and saying, you know, hey, you know, I'm writing this blog or yeah. I'm taking these pictures, you know, look at this. It just brings a smile to people's faces. And if you can make a difference to just one person, you can help change their world. Yeah. And that to me is more than anything. It's it's more than if I change 200 people's lives. Right. You know. Do you still find yourself sometimes getting caught up in the numbers and analytics? I do. Mm -hmm. Just to be honest, like there, um, I host live in-person conversations, and the first couple they were really well attended, and then it's kind of fallen off. And I find myself at times going, "Well, does this even matter anymore?" Mm -hmm. And 
Um, the answer is yes, it matters. It matters for every conversation that happens, even if one person shows up. And it's always more than one. And even if it was just one. So even though you know it internally, like mm-hmm. it should only matter to one, do you still find that rub sometimes where you're like, is this enough? Absolutely. Oh, man. I mean, this past year, I was working with some of the girls who have really stepped up to, they've wanted to be more involved with the Great Matters. So they kind of have been working with me through this. And this past event in November, I was a little caught up with, you know, I really want to have close to 400 people at this yeah. event. Like that was the the number in my head. And that was the one that I was running with. And it kind of came down to these girls kind of sat me down. They were like, hey, just a reminder, like you're the one telling the starfish story, like make sure you're really believing in that and that if just one person were to show up, would you be okay with that? And I just kind of had this moment where uh, of humility and just accepting that, you know, you can't get so caught up in that because that's yeah. not what this is about. I think sometimes we, especially as women, uh, we can often be very detail-oriented. And I think sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in the details. Mm. And for me, I just I had to take a step back and see this beautiful picture that was being painted and not so focused on just the little things. So yeah, What a cool really thing good. to have people who reflect that back to you, too. Yes. That's powerful. Hold me accountable. Uh-huh. We need to have... Um, there's all this talk these days about having a tribe, which I think is great, and I think it's mm-hmm. important to have people around you. But if that circle lacks accountability, uh, then it's not actually about growth. And so mm-hmm. what a cool thing that you have some accountability around you. Absolutely. Um, I also love that you focus in on storytelling. Mm-hmm. I have this... Obviously, I mean, the the project is a storytelling collective. It's the entire purpose for its yes. existence because I think people are waiting to be asked. They just, they're just waiting to be asked about their story. And um, I think people heal when they're heard. And so uh, I just think um, I don't really know that I have a question in that other than just to reiterate that I think you've chosen the most powerful path, like the one where you ask people, what is your truth? Mm-hmm. And then you create and hold this space for them to say it. Yes. Um, you said administration has been responsive. Mm-hmm. Have, and you said that you've gotten an additional, like, half a therapist, maybe, a counselor? So, yes, we actually, I had been working with the dean of students and actually the president of the college, President Balls. He is an amazing human being, and he mm-hmm. really does care about mental health. So they actually came together and worked really hard. And I think a lot of it actually was in response to the Gray Matters. I've heard a lot of students say that. And uh, they got together, and they actually hired a director of student well-being and resiliency. Who I've met. Yes. Farah. Yes, she is incredible. I love Farah. She has really created waves, and she has been so supportive. Oh, my goodness. Like, I... She is... So that was in response to this, in some, that position? In some way, yes. That's uh, crazy. So I, I had this conversation with Farah. They, I did a um, short presentation on campus, but that was where I got to meet Farah. And I said, how does a college create that kind of position? What mm. a cool position. What's it called? Resilience and... Director of Student Resilience and Wellbeing. Yeah. That's an amazing yeah. testament. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt. Continue. No, you're totally fine. It. Um, I don't know if it was exactly in response to the Gray Matters, but I know that administration was definitely thinking about it. I knew I know that they were looking for someone to kind of create this new space of resiliency within students because I think a lot of students really enjoy her because she's not a set counselor on campus and I think that gives people some peace. Yeah. Cuz sure. counseling itself has its own stigma. Yep. So I think uh for her I think a lot of students confide in her and trust her, and she's been someone that I've really enjoyed to get to know. She is just, oh, she's a light. I mean, yeah. she's 
she's on fire. Yeah, I adore her too. That's really cool. I that intersection I didn't anticipate that. Yeah. But yeah. welcome to the Quad Cities in some way too. Right? Though. Like, I know. Yeah. Everyone it's, knows everyone. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things about local interviews sometimes. And then sometimes I'm like, then I realize that the um the listeners are it's larger than our local area. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry to all of our out of town guests, but Fair is amazing. <laughs> she <laughs> so is. Fair you is meet awesome. Her someday. I love her. Um so this the issue of stigma around mental health and mental mm-hmm. health awareness, does that have a is there a personal part of that story for you or mm-hmm. was it just in response to the collective need? So growing up, I had a friend who lived across the street from me and we've been friends, gosh, I think it's like 17 or maybe 15, 16, 17 years around there. Mm-hmm. And she actually goes to school with me now, which is great. And so when she lived across the street from me, she struggled with a lot of mental health problems. And we kind of went through similar things together, but she had actually tried to take her life twice. Mm-hmm. And the first time I was able to get get to her or help her, second time I wasn't able to. And this was happening around the time when we were 12, 13, 14 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember being that young and thinking to myself, you know, why is this happening at such a young age? Why is my best friend struggling so much to the point that I felt like I couldn't help her to the point where I was almost blaming myself because I wasn't seeing the signs and mm. I didn't I didn't know how to help and it just some it was something that wasn't talked about mm-hmm. you know especially at my school I went to a catholic school and mental health just was something that never really was brought up so I never really knew how to talk about it with her nothing it was it was really hard and growing up together and, and seeing her kind of go through this path of recovery really inspired me. And it showed me that when even if you're in such a dark place, you can come out on the other side, mm-hmm. that there is light, whether you see it or not, that you can get there. It's just you have to get through those dark moments. And sometimes you can't get the spring without the winter. Mm-hmm. And you just got to keep moving through. Girl, so. I love that. You can't get the <laughs> spring without wheat. And yeah. we want, I think, um, social media in particular puts out this constant image of mm-hmm. happiness or, yes. you know, choose your mood, happy vibes only, that whole thing. I think that is one of the most shrinking, uh, crippling, paralyzing things that's happening right now as far as like messaging, because then it tells us that I'm not doing something right. There's a deficit in me if I have the entire range of human emotion. Oh, absolutely. And I've been doing a ton of research when it comes to social media because, really, we don't know the long-term effects of social media yet. No, we don't. And I've been doing a ton of research, and there is a lot of really credible studies going on that are showing this direct correlation between social media and loneliness in Mm. that we are becoming one of the most lonely societies in the world that America really does have this issue. Um, You know, a lot of our conversations are being filled with smile emojis, but at the end of the day, it's leaving us feel more empty than anything. And that um, just because we're more connected doesn't really mean that we're more connected and we need community. You're saying everything that's important to me in words right now. That's so good. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I can't even, I'm not even just, I can't even add to that. It's so fucking good. That was so good. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. It is true, though. So Keep saying that out loud mm. over and over and over. I think we can amplify that idea yeah. and invite people to real connection. Absolutely. We need that. Yeah, we do. Um, is there anything else in particular you want to talk about uh, in relationship to the gray matters? Mm. Where do people find it? So I think people just find it through other people. And okay. that's what I love about it is it's this movement. And I actually told the girls that I'm working with, as I said, you know, 
I would really like to see the Grey Matters move on at Augustana to stay there, but I, I really hope that it never becomes a set club just mm. because the people make it what it is. I don't want the school or administration to make it what it is. Uh, it's a student-led campaign, and I think that that's a beautiful thing, and I don't ever want to interrupt that. And so I think if we can have people continue to share it through those interpersonal relationships, I think is really cool because we'll have people post on social media about it or we'll have people talk about it, and that's really how it's spread. And I, I love that idea just because when it becomes this set group, it, it gives this anonymous face, and I don't really like that at times. I, yeah. I don't want this kind of corporate brand feel. I want it to just feel like, hey, that's my friend and she's involved in that and I want to get involved in it too to make it more personal. Because like I said, we we need community. We are a society that is longing for that and we're longing for belonging. And so if we can all kind of come together and show that we do belong in this beautiful way in, in a movement, you know, whether it's centered around mental health or just happiness or whatever it might be, I think is cool. And I think we need more of that. So I, I don't ever want it to be this kind of set thing. I just, I hope it stays being a movement. Do you think it's replicatable on other campuses? Yeah, I do. Me too. I definitely think so. I th- and we've had some campuses reach out. I know actually Illinois State, they had, some people had come to me from Illinois State and they're like, we would love to have this. And even high schools have reached out and yeah. really want it implemented. And so it would be really cool to have the resources to really do that and to create those spaces in high schools because we we need those conversations there too mm-hmm. oh I hope that I hope that's what's next a yeah. lot of the more more of that Me um, too. so I just have a couple of questions to wrap us a little bit mm-hmm. uh do you I'm wondering if you see a relationship between the idea of taking up space in the world and being a creative force in the world and if you do what what do you see as a connection there I definitely think there's a connection because you take up space just by existing mm-hmm. and being a human, and there's a sense of vulnerability in that. And I think sometimes when we're vulnerable and we use the creative energy that we have within us to create more space within ourselves and the people around us, I think we do beautiful things with that. I think a lot of times humanity, like we talked about with social media, likes to put up this image and we wear the mask of everything's okay and I'm just going about my day-to-day life and I have no problems, I'm doing great in my life. But at the end of the day, we all have a story that no one really knows about. We all have something behind closed doors that we don't like to blast in front of the world. And sometimes I think it's beautiful when we take courage to be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. whether it's in a creative space or not, but just to really speak up and say, you know, this is something that I really struggled with and to be completely transparent with that because when we do that, other people know that they're not alone in it too Mm -hmm. because we don't just want our, I don't want my life to just be a highlight reel for someone else. I want them to recognize that I struggle too and I have moments where I'm, you know, feeling like crap and I, that, that's really is, you know, sometimes I just feel like crap. And so I think when we use that creative energy, whether it's through music or song or, um, whatever it might be, an artistic thing or something like The Grey Matters that's more visual, you know, visual, Mm -hmm. then I think it's just a beautiful thing to put that out into the world and create ripples because when you do that, then other people become inspired by it. Yep. And they want to speak up. Yep. And then they want to create their own thing and it keeps moving. Absolutely. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that's been really true for me, and I'm curious really in these conversations whether or not it's true for the people around me as well, when I started this work, Mm -hmm. I thought I was doing it um, 
well, as an act of service to other people, right? And that was why it was so important that it mattered to other people. Mm-hmm. What I've discovered is that this thing, this idea that came to me to be made, because that's what it feels like to me, this idea came to me to be made, mm-hmm. it is actually here in so many ways to heal me. Like the the product of my work has changed me. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that I've created something in the world, but the thing I've made has created something new in me. It's a circular force. Um, and so I'm just curious if you can, if you feel something similar and if you do, if you can put words to it. Oh, absolutely. I feel that every day. I think I actually tell people that I think the gray matters really saved a part of me. Mm-hmm. I think I would have lost myself if it wasn't for the gray matters because it came at a time that I really needed it. And even in the process, I needed it even more. There was just a lot of things that were happening in my life this past year I tell people 2019 just really, I felt like sometimes I bent over backwards and I got kicked in the gut in the process. Mm -hmm. And that's okay, though, because throughout this journey, when I've fallen, the gray matters, the people involved that I would have never have met if it wasn't for this movement, um, they really picked me up and they were there for me when I needed them. And there were literally moments this year that I just didn't see any light and I just really didn't think I was going to move forward from a lot of the things that were happening and man, those people really stepped in and and they actually took what they learned from the gray matters and used it with me. Mm. And it was really cool. There was a moment that um, one of the girls on campus that I'm, I'm actually not that close with, but she reached out to me and said, you know, you're always checking in on other people and I want to check in on you because that's what you're teaching us to do. Wow. And so it was kind of this, this really cool realization for me that it, it does come full circle and that when you are a part of something that's so beautiful, you not only do you give so much, but you gain so much more than you could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the most selfish thing you can do is give to other people because, like I said, you get so much in return. Mm -hmm. And I've been so grateful for that because, like I said, it kept me going and it brought me to a place that I feel so whole and so happy because of it. And I never thought that would ever happen. I totally get that. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that warms me too. Um, so just one more question. I actually have a maybe another closer, but okay. multiple closing questions. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering if you could make anything at all in your future, what would it be? So mm-hmm. this is kind of the what's next question. Mm-hmm. You know, I your college senior, right? Your senior? Are yes. You, you graduate in May? In May, yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, right. It's going to be <laughs> fine. It's going to be fine. Uh <laughs> And it's just a great opportunity and invitation to continue to remake yourself and mm-hmm. all of that work. So um, so what is next? What do you want to do next? So my next thing that I'm really working towards is my my TED Talk in March, which I'm super excited about. Um, I meant to tell you, I get to coach. I'm going to be a coach for, for, your, like for your class. Really? Of, yeah. I'm so excited yeah, about that. Me that's too. so cool. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So congratulations on Thank landing you. that stage. It's a very... Um, it is a very, it's a transformative stage in yeah. lots and lots of ways. Yeah. And actually, you were someone who inspired me hmm. to actually apply because I I had seen yours on social media and I was like, man, I really would love to do something like that. And cool. it's just crazy how sometimes Ripples. it just all works out. Yeah, exactly. That's Ripples. Awesome. Your creative space inspired me. Awesome. And uh, so I'm super excited about that. I've begun the process of trying to figure out exactly what my message is going to be because you know, they kind of put out there that my message is mental health. And I'm like, man, what avenue do I want to go? Because that is such a big topic. Yep. So I'm trying to figure out what's the main message there. So that's kind of my next big creative thing in my world. But at the same time, 
as I'm looking towards 2020, there's something really beautiful about 2020. It's it's not just a fresh start. It's really this new era, a new decade that we can kind of look towards and, and think, what's going to happen in this new decade? You know, mm-hmm. what what kind of creative things are going to take place? What what's going to happen in my life? What's going to change? What's what's going to be beautiful? What's going to be not so beautiful? And so I've really been thinking about my future lately because I am a senior and I don't really know where I'm going to be. I'm mm-hmm. starting to apply for jobs. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if I'm going to be in the Quad Cities or where I'm going to be, but I'm just trusting myself. And I think that's the first time I've ever really done that is trusting myself in what direction I want to go. And, you know, when I feel those creative tugs to really listen into that and not just, you know, throw it to the side and say, oh, that's just a crazy idea, but to really think about it for a second and say, you know, yeah, follow it. And, and sometimes you just have to dive in and not even think about the consequences or not even think about, you know, do I have the resources to do it? Just Mm -hmm. to do it. Because sometimes if it's meant to be, it'll just work out. And so... I don't really know where I want to go, but I'm just kind of trusting. And, you know, I don't see the full staircase, but I'm just taking the, f- the first step. And I think sometimes that's all you have to do. You were literally like two decades ahead of the game in that FYI. So <laughs> that did not come to me until I was like 40. Um, and the idea that your primary source of discernment is to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, you can't, you're, you are not going, there is not going to be a misstep from that place. Yeah. I don't think women are taught. I'm, I, this is not a, even an opinion. We are not taught to trust ourselves mm-hmm. uh, from very early in our development when it comes to what our body needs, what we need in our life. We're taught to look to an external guide or expert or somebody else. But the truth is that the truth is in us. Yes. And uh, I am so excited to see what you make from that space because that is the most authentic space available to you. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes... We put this pressure on ourselves as women that we always need to have things figured out. Yep. And I think this is the first time in my life where I've recognized I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't really know how to adult. I don't know how to do most things, but that's okay. You know, it's okay to not know all mm-hmm. the time. It's okay to not have a set plan. And sometimes you just got to take it day by day because small steps are still steps. Yep. And, you know, sometimes you just got to go for it and trust in yourself and trust in your abilities that no matter what happens, you're going to be okay because you have yourself at the end of the day. And when you make that connection and that that trust within your inner being, I don't think anything can stop that. Mm, woman. Y- yes. All the truth right there. I was going to have a final question. I don't need one because that really answered it. As oh, awesome. I, My last question was going to be, for somebody else who wants to make something, what would be your advice? That was all mm. it right there. That's mm that trust yourself. Mm-hmm. You actually do know. And the only step you need to know is the next one. Yeah. Um, so you nailed that. Haley, thank you from the bottom of my heart for uh, not just the work you do, but for being willing to share it with my audience. Mm. I I know that I am not alone in um, this very clear feeling that this is just the beginning for you. So oh, thank you for you. letting us in on the beginning. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's just, can. it's beautiful when I get the opportunity to share my my voice with people. And I hope that someone can just walk away feeling a little bit more inspired or at least knowing that there is hope. They're never alone. I can almost guarantee that is exactly what's going to happen. Thanks, Haley. Thank you. All right, friends, that's it for today. This episode is brought to you from the sound studios at Silver Oaks Communications, a creative media company in Moline, Illinois. 
It's edited and produced by Archie Kukarans and created by me, Sarah Stevens, the founder of The Beautiful Project. If you loved this episode, make sure you subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcasts or Podbean. While you're there, be sure to leave us a review so that other people will know how to find us. Thank you for being with us today and lending your voice to our chorus of courage as we create a world where women belong with substance and with strength. <laughs>